I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. My guest today on my Thriving Matters podcast is none other than Simon Miller. Now, Simon, you're two hours ahead of me in in New Zealand, so a very warm welcome this morning as we say hello and talk about all things thriving for you in life and work. So would you like to say hi and a little bit about you, Simon? Hello, listeners. It's uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be sharing this time with you this morning. I'm based in, in New Zealand, like Carrie mentioned, in, uh, in the South Island, in a place called Christchurch, which many of you might have heard of through some natural disasters that occurred about 10 years ago now. Uh, we had some severe earthquakes in, in Christchurch. My... My life, my purpose is underpinned by very much by growth potential. And where that came about for me is that I grew up with a brother who had uh, cerebral palsy. And Matthew couldn't walk. He couldn't talk. We had to feed him through a tube in his stomach. Had a life expectancy of nine, but lived to the tender age of 17. Now, there was a couple of things that Matthew really taught me, albeit indirectly. And those things that I took from Matthew was a sense of gratitude, you know, being grateful for getting up in the morning and being able to take a deep breath and enjoy fresh air, getting up in the morning and being able to use my legs to walk to the bathroom, just just the simple things that you and I take for granted. Mm. The other thing that I took from that was perseverance. And the fact we have an opportunity to be, to be more than we ever dreamed capable of being. But that takes effort because doing the right thing is often the hard thing. And this is ultimately what underpins my purpose today and the way I live my life and in the work I do with Opera Psychology Group. Simon, what a wonderful start to our conversation. You know, every day we are lucky enough to wake up and breathe. So if I was to say to you, what puts that smile on your face each morning? You've given us a little hint already. Would there be one thing that you instantly go to every morning that puts that smile on your face? Now, the smile mightn't come on straight away. It might take a little while to warm up, but I don't think that's the case with you. What would it be? Yeah, there's multiple things that fit for me within that that question. But But the <laughs> one thing... I guess, and it sounds a bit cliche, but it really is, it's life. It's, it's waking up in the morning and thinking that, you know, I'm still alive. Mm. There's so much disadvantage in the world and we can get so caught up in our own troubles, in our own challenges. But when we actually take a deep breath, center ourselves and be grateful for what we've got, that whole mindset changes. Um, pretty quickly for me. Now, Simon, you've already told us that currently you're working for the Opera Psychology Group based in Christchurch. Now, your CV is is very rich. 
And I'm interested in one of your first jobs that you had and interests in your training all around adventure and nature. And so tell us a bit about that because I'm already feeling that this is a major part of who Simon Miller is today. And you bring that to your work wherever you are. Yeah, thanks, Carrie. Very much so as well. So I was introduced to outdoor education uh, at a young age. Probably around 14, I really started diving in deep. Uh, excuse the pun. A lot of it was, was kayaking based. <laughs> at the same time, uh, a lot of stuff, I, a lot of work I did in the, in the mountains uh, as I progressed through my career in the outdoors. To start with, you know, when I first started working and using the outdoors as a medium, um, it was really to facilitate advancements in self-esteem, self-belief, uh, and to enhance people's self-efficacy. And a lot of this work was done with, with youth at risk, who you know, generally consisted of sort of 12-year-old girls and 14-year-old boys at that crucial stage of life where um, you know, you're, you're at that crossroads, if you like, and there's a real opportunity to influence. Mm. And yeah, again, that growth potential sits underneath all of this, all of this work. Um, I went on beyond that and have subsequently done some work as, a, as an outdoor education instructor at various institutes. But I think the, the outdoors are a very rich medium because the lessons that you learn in the outdoors, they're, they're very real. Mm. And, you know, I think back to some of my own personal adventures, one, one in particular, climbing um, Mount Cook here in New Zealand. And, you know, you're in situations where if you were to become distracted, uh, if you were to let your emotions get the better of you, then the consequences, you know, potentially are, are fatal. So they give you an opportunity. And when I say they, I mean the outdoors, the mountains in, in this situation, give you a real opportunity to, to be very present, to put mindfulness into action. Mm. And they give you um, an opportunity to practice. You know, a lot of the work I'm doing at the moment is in emotional intelligence. So they give you real-time opportunity to practice emotional self-awareness and in doing so, um, tame those emotions through emotional self-management. Um, <laughs> and also be able to put together all the information for making the right decision for the next place you're going to put your foot <laughs> or the next place that you're going to aim to, to move towards, I imagine. What a great way of using your passion and love for the outdoors for the work that you do. I think that's sensational. Listeners, if you have a look at Simon Miller's social media, you'll often see a picture of Simon climbing. Running, climbing, anything that like that, a, a personal pursuit. And I think that would happen at least once a week. Would I be right? The posts, maybe. Yeah, the running's, the running's <laughs> daily. <laughs> okay, there and, you go. And the mountaineering's got a little bit more challenge now that I've got two young children. Um, yes. But I still try to get out into the mountains, you know, once a month or so. The serious climbing's probably taken a bit more of a backseat with the children. Yeah. You've got a daily habit that obviously sustains you, and that's your running. And I'm not a runner. I'm a good walker. But 
for your running, I mean, tell me some of the things that you would have in place to make that run each day as successful as possible. Would you have a little schedule? Would you have a mantra that you continue to repeat? Do you have a breathing exercise that you use? What are some of the, the ingredients, so to speak, of making that running your daily habit so successful? Yeah, it's a good question. There's two things for me in that space. And the first one is to shape your environment, is to make your environment work for you, especially when you're early on, uh, when you're building that habit. So as an example, you know, if you've set aside time to go for a run in the morning, well, then the night before, it's a really good idea to have your running shoes out, to have your, all your gear laid out so that when you get up in the morning, you've already removed a barrier. The other thing that really works for me uh, is consistency. Right. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned before, you know, doing the right thing is often the hard thing. And our minds want to play tricks on us. Uh, they seem to be quite inherently lazy. And so the mantra that I often give myself is, is just do it. You know, <laughs> taking that from, from Nike. <laughs> um, and the funny thing is, you know, once you've got your shoes on, once you've, you, you're 500 meters into your run, it actually starts becoming, for, for me anyway, quite, quite pleasurable. It's an opportunity to be on my own. It's an opportunity just to let my mind wander. It's those, once the serotonin gets flowing, then yeah, everything's pretty happy. And really, I'm just thinking about, you know, the Australians versus New Zealanders. We always say, oh my gosh, those New Zealanders are just so extreme in what they do. And New Zealand has become very well known as a country where you can go and do extreme sports. But what I love about the New Zealanders is your tenacity and your consistency and your persistence and that excelling for, for getting the best out of yourself in your life. I think that's really one of the, the lessons that I get. I've walked the Milford Pass, I've done that, but I don't think I'll be doing Mount Cook. Not that I want to. <laughs> I think anything around mountains gives you another perspective on life, doesn't it, when you're up in the Alps. I've just recently been on top of the Monchies in uh, British Columbia. And I mean, it was very low temperatures and lots of snow. So very different to Australia at the moment, now that we've got flooding after bushfires, totally different climate, but the view is there's something about the, your environment, what you're seeing around you. You are minuscule in this massive world of absolute beauty. That's the way I, I look at it and I think, if we're giving ourselves a chance in, in life and work and thriving, it's looking at us with some perspective about um, you know, how self-important we are, but also what is it we can contribute to make a life for those that follow us, to make a world that's inhabitable. And I think your work with your outdoor education, moving into your work with emotional intelligence, working with teams and individuals, their self-awareness, their self-belief, you know, getting the best out of everything is mirrored in the way you live your life. I love your comment, just do it. Wouldn't we all love to have had that saying that Nike's managed to do and be able to do what Nike's done with it? Because everyone just goes, just do it. <laughs> I think, you know, the mountains, they really do bring perspective. They put things in perspective for you around your daily troubles around your daily challenges 
and they strip all that right back to its simplest form. And they remind you pretty quickly that, you know, we're simply uh, in the palm of Mother Nature's hand and we're at the whim of Mother Nature. And we've seen that recently globally with, you know, a lot of catastrophe. Alongside that, the awareness that we need to bring and the present approach that we have an opportunity to bring to every moment, that's what really enriches the experiences that we have, well, for me anyway. Mm. And Simon, I think um, I think Mother Nature at the moment is such a great metaphor in a way because we have to be adaptable. Nothing is staying the same. We're in a new revolution. The world of work, which sustains most of us, helps pays our bills, let's be realistic, pays our bills, pays our mortgages, gives us some choice in, in how we bring our children up, how we interact with our families and our friends, what type of interests that we have. We have to be adaptable. So your running recipe of shaping your environment and being consistent and just getting out there and doing it also helps in looking at, well, this is something that I didn't quite expect. I now need to perhaps alter or be a bit more adaptive in this situation. So the mountains then, your mountaineering and your climbing looks at how adaptable you need to be when literally the soil shifts under your feet as you are climbing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if, if we bring that into an organisation and that adaptability, is, it comes right to the fore. I mean, what do they talk about us working in a, in a VUCA environment? Volatile uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity. Mm. And, you know, for a lot of us, that means we're operating in a state of flux most yeah. of the time. And because of that, you know, that, that's no different to how we're working in the, in the outdoors some of the time. There's, there's a lot of risk that's being managed. And some of that risk you, you can't control. It's what we call real risk. It's inherent in the environment. Now, there's aspects of that in modern organizational life as well. And constructs such as emotional intelligence and healthy thinking are so important driving in these types of environments. That's so true. And more and more now, we're looking at amazing amount of literature and research coming out to support that. How we flourish, how we survive, how we thrive, how we look after and care for the people that we actually work with, not just demand that they do a job or fulfil the role description that they have. It's more than that. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with you, Carrie. It's... Um, you know, for me, it's, it's, it comes down to human-centred leadership. It's, uh-huh. it's as simple as, as, as treating people as people. That's it. That's the bottom line. And often we don't do that very well. <laughs> some people we do, depending on our bias. Some people we treat really, really well. Others we go, I oh, don't think so. And that, there's lots of reasons for that. But perhaps it's our perception that, uh, that, that may not be correct. I'm going to ask you, is there something that you have done in your life that looking back on it, you would have done it differently now? Has there been something that's been quite quite important for you, something that would have made a difference? And keeping in mind that hindsight is a pain in the butt, really. We just have to acknowledge it, I think, not dwell on it because it can actually then be a barrier, can be a blocker and create more fear for us for, for moving on. But would you have done something differently in your life that you think that might have made made a difference yeah I mean there's like like all of us there's you know there's been 
things that have happened in my life that many of them have been outside of my control. You know, the death of my mother when I was 23. Um, you know, you don't have a lot of lot of choice in, in, in that. No. And you sort of look back at that. And granted, yeah, I'd love her to be here, here now. That's one thing I, I, I would do differently if I could change. But I can't, I can't change things. In fact, I look at all, all the challenges that I've faced in life. I look at it with that lens, very much with that, that growth mindset and that growth orientation. These things that have happened, they've shaped who I am today. They've, they've set me on the journey that I'm on today. And it is what it is, is sort of where I get to whenever I reflect on, <laughs> on what I might have done differently or, or how I might have gone with, with what I've done. But um, no, I, I'm pretty, pretty happy and I'm pretty comfortable with where I've landed um, you know, there's lots still to do. Parenting, uh, my children are, are four and six, so parenting's a, a relatively new one for me that I'm, um, <laughs> I'm still that. grappling with from time to time. <laughs> oh, and it never ends. It just, it's different along the way. You become very adaptable to, to new nuances <laughs> of how things are done. Yeah, it's interesting, looking back, I think we can often um, get bogged down in what what could have been and uh, so your message here really it, your your recipe your running recipe is you know shape your environment yeah it's okay to yeah we all we all make mistakes things happen to us we all have challenges but it's the lens of which we look at it um and how we do it absolutely and i yeah. think also just to add to that carrie quickly i think i think it's about being kind to ourselves and you know something i often carry with me is um it's about practice, not perfection. And we all make mistakes. Yeah. But what we do with that becomes the defining. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, in all your um, learning over the years, your, your practice, your experience, do you have a favourite author or a favourite musician or uh, perhaps an artist or someone that really makes an impact that you will deliberately go searching for their latest uh, creation, their, their latest words, perhaps? Yeah, I do, actually. I, um, I completed my master's a few years back, and my thesis was on a construct called learning agility. So I'm very passionate about learning, hence uh, the, the purpose around growth potential as well. And as part of that, I looked at the psychological variables that underpin our capacity to be learning agile. That is to think on our feet, to make sense of complexity, to learn from past situations and apply that knowledge to future challenges. And in that work, I look closely at the work of a man by the name of Peter Singy. Yeah, who, who you, you, you may know of um, and some of the listeners yeah. I'm sure will know of. Um, but yeah. the, you know, the art of the learning organization and what yeah. supports that. And uh, yeah, so, so right into Peter's work. Listeners, we've just heard Simon actually tell you a little bit about learning agility and, and Peter Senge's work on, work on that. And would you say that that underpins most of your organisational work now? It's a large component around how we look to support organisations to shape mm. their, their culture and, and mm. their environment, you know, closely aligned or, or supporting that type of learning culture, that learning of, is, is very much emotionally intelligent leadership. Yeah, yeah, that's true, isn't it? And I'm thinking about, well, we've just started a new decade, 2020. So we're on our way to 2030, technically speaking. 
if you were able to send a message around the globe about what the world needs right now for the future, would you have any thoughts on that? Oh, it's a big one. Uh, the world needs needs a few things. I, I think it needs for uh, for all of us to take some ownership of of how we treat the environment, mm. um, the included there. You know, it's it's the small things that add up to the big things, and it starts with us. Um, I think alongside that, yeah, I mean that whole human centered piece that we've been talking to and about plays a big part in shaping a, 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 the world of the future as well, a world mm. that I would be happy with my, my children really um, thriving within. Well, that fits, though, that, that message for 2020 to 2030, Simon, fits very nicely into what we've spoken about today because we have talked about the environment and how your part of your whole work and life has been using the outdoors and the learnings there for our work together in our, in our organisations and our families and how, how human-centred that needs to be. And that, that really is the message. And you, you actually did talk about kindness. You talked about, you know, being able to look at being kind to yourself, an agile and a growth mindset for, for that. And that all fits very nicely together. That's amazing. Now, what walk have you got planned in the next couple of weeks? Or what climb? I was, uh, last weekend, I was in the Craigieburn range, just out the back of Christchurch here in the Southern Alps. And uh, I tell you what, my legs are they're still recovering. So um, I don't think I'll be, I'll be into the hills for, for a few weeks yet. So a different set of muscles for your running versus your mountaineering, your climbing? Seems to be. I think the running things, you know, my, my body's quite conditioned to yeah. daily exercise in that space now. You know, getting into the hills, yeah, it's, it's not happening as regularly as it, as it used to be. So the body <laughs> still gets a bit of a shock. Yeah. And I think just the downhills, I mean, I, you know, I've got to be honest with myself, I'm getting a bit older the down <laughs> the downhills are a little bit um you know can be a little bit uh a little bit painful on the knees and and especially the quads i know <laughs> I, I have to tell you though that after having four children and you know a, a different part of life and having a couple of significant birthdays you can still do it and it's so much fun uh, to be able to, to still do it but you do have to plan for it as you say get the running gear out so you you actually have to have some help <laughs> some help for those knee joints those patellas that are wearing out or the bursitis that you get on your ITVs or your, your feet whatever it is but it's all it's uh, just magnificent and there is nothing like a good dose of fresh air at the top of a mountain to really give you a perspective on your self-importance <laughs> and where we sit in the world. Asami, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you this morning. Uh, I hope our listeners have enjoyed what we've talked about. And if our listeners wanted to find you, Simon, and contact you, uh, what would be your best contact? LinkedIn would be, would be the easiest medium, probably, yep. to, to reach out initially. Uh, and you'll be able to find me on LinkedIn by Googling Simon Miller, M-I-L-L -L with an E-R in the yeah. there. And um, you could put Opera Psychology Group, O-P-R-A. -A. Yep. That'll get you to me. Fantastic. Now, listeners, each time we have an episode, we have a small call to action. So what are you thinking might be your call to action today? Simon, really, we've talked about life. 
And what puts that smile on your dial is the fact that you get up and you know you're breathing each day. And I just think it's an absolute gift, gift to us. So for our call to life, what would be your running recipe? Using the, the analogy of Simon's consistent running every day and the habit that he has built, that he just says, just do it. What would be your running recipe? Have you removed the barriers to get you up and running or get you out for your walk, get you to your gym class, get you to your, your reading group, get you to whatever it is you've committed to? And what else would you do that you would need to put in place to make your habit really work for you and become part of your life? So listeners, that's your challenge. What would be your running recipe from taking from what Simon has shared with us today about his amazing ability to incorporate his outdoors with his indoors? <laughs> so listeners, we enjoy a thumbs up if you have engaged with us today. So pop over to Apple Podcasts or onto Podbean. We'd love a thumbs up. If you'd like to know more about what I do, Harry Benedet, Leadership Coach, I'm easily found C-A-R-R-I-E-B-E-N-E-D-E-T dot com. I look forward to more interesting global guests and extraordinary people doing extraordinary things, leaving a legacy for their family and for the world. So Simon Miller, thank you so much for your time today. Enjoy the rest of the weekend in the beautiful New Zealand. It's an absolutely magnificent country. I love it to death. And we will see you again. Just remember, everyone, your thriving matters. 